What's up, Team Tobias? What's up, Providence, Rhode Island? This is Quelling Your Query Conundrums with me, Lane Haymont, and Ann Rose. Take us away, Ann. <laughs> Take us where? Where are we going today, Lane? We're going to Providence, Rhode Island? Query land. We're going to query land. Okay. Well, uh, like we did last time today, we're going to be recording multiple ones. So if you see us in the same outfits in the next couple of videos, now you'll know why. You know what I'm saying? So just just go with it. So, all right. So we are going to start picture and pi what does that even mean? I don't know. My Sorry, my computer just decided to give me a little pop up. But we are just going to jump into it, I guess. Right? Sound good? Okay. So this is, I will read it and I'm going, again, I'm going to have to use the disclaimer. I might pronounce your character names wrong. I will probably stumble when I read this. Just go with it, please. Thank you. All right. Dear agent, I am reaching out to you with my middle grade, my MG, my middle grade fantasy novel title complete at 30,000 words. Anastasia's feel meets Indiana Jones plot. Salvia, a half-mermaid, half-fairy, meets her grandmother for the very first time. But her grandmother is now her age, thanks to Salvia's magical watch, which allows her to go back in time. Salvia gleefully explores her grandmother's house, leaving her watch unprotected. The watch goes missing, and without it, Salvia is stuck in the past forever. Thanks to a friendly talking crow, the girls find out who took the watch and go to his house to get it back. He escapes, but not before destroying the watch and kicking his daughter out of the home. His daughter tries her best to make Salvia a new watch. After finding the evil wizard, he uses a magical flower to put Salvia to sleep, creating a, create a magical storm, and force her friends onto a ship with the dangerous storm brewing to keep them from ruining his plants. Then there's a bio and that's it. So that is our first query we're going to talk about today. What did you think, Mr. Lane? Well, Miss Rose, I was very confused. Who's the villain? Is it the crow or the wizard? I think it's a great question. I'm not sure. I think what what we've done in the past is we're gonna we're go we'll go down from the top and we'll go to the bottom. And I think that works really well. So first we'll yes. start with the I'm reaching out with you with my middle grade fantasy novel title complete at thirty thousand words. So the first thing I notice is that the word count is a little on the low side. Okay, we had this conversation before. A middle grade fantasy is sixty thousand. I mean that would be a good a good place to be at least. I mean some middle grade fantasies are even as long as eighty thousand or more. So. I think that that word count is just a little bit on the lower side. Now, if it's a lower middle grade fantasy, that's fine, right? And like the word count could work, but it's not really clear like where exactly it's going to sit in the market. And there's no comp titles and there's nothing else that gives us any indication on like where they think that this would sit. So just saying it's middle grade and 30,000 words to me says maybe it doesn't have enough words. But again, if with more context, maybe it makes sense. I'm not sure. Do they give the protagonist's age? They do not. Okay, because I didn't think I heard. I think I just heard middle grade. And middle grade, that's like 6th, 7th, and 8th. And how old was I? 11, 12, 13? Yeah, about that. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Um, then we go to like the hook line, right? Which is the Anastasia's feel meets Indiana Jones plot. So I guess that kind of works. Like it, it's trying to kind of give us like it's like a high stakes, I guess, plot. But I'm not sure what the Anastasia's feel. Yeah, because Anastasia, I assume they mean the Russian princess, the Disney movie. I assume. 
Because I, I don't see how I, that <laughs> I, I don't see how that could fit with Indiana Jones plot. Yeah. So is it like the main character that is we're we're supposed to take from that? Is that the feel that we're supposed to take from it, or is it like it, it's historical, right? Anastasius, isn't that? A yeah, thing? it's the the last czars in Russia, and you know the czarist, the princess, the czarina who disappeared they didn't know if she was killed or not and disney made the movie and she's off living her princess life yeah so i'm not sure because i know in indiana jones they're fighting nazis so yes well i mean there's three and now there's five indiana (laughs) jones and one of them temple of doom they're not fighting nazis they're fighting like indian cultists Okay, so so a little confusion there. Maybe we could clear that up a little bit. Um, I think I, I I think I kind of understand what they're going for. Like they're trying to show that there's like this high stakes plot, which I think is good, right? It just it's not quite clear on how those two things mesh together. So maybe some maneuvering there could could be helpful. First paragraph we're going to go back into and we'll we'll discuss it. So Salvia, a half mermaid, half fairy, meets her grandmother for the very first time, but her grandmother is her, now her age thanks to Salvia's magical watch which allows her to go back in time. Salvia gleefully explores her grandmother's house leaving her watch unprotected. The watch goes missing and without it, Salvia is stuck in the past forever. So I think, I, again, I think I, I kind of like what she's trying to do here. She's trying to like set up some of the story for us, right? But it's a little bit confusing on right away. I wasn't sure if she went back in time or if the grandmother just had just aged down to her age at that time. So we don't really find out until like the, the second sentence because it, you just tell us that she's her age now. So I wasn't quite sure what that meant. I think there probably could be some things that we do there just to kind of tighten up the language just a little bit more just to make the the story itself clearer and like what it is that she's trying to do I'm also not sure why she gleefully explores the house and just leaves the watch unprotected why would she do that that's what I was thinking because going back in time forward in time sounds like a big high stakes thing because time traveling you step on a bug and then you know you have President T-Rex in the future. (laughs) So, I mean, gleefully doesn't add up with that for me, especially since, like you said, the watch. I mean, I know they're middle grade, but even if I were middle grade, like, hey, man, I'm not going to lose this watch. Right. I think that's the thing. I think, I think it's, it need like, so the lot, the watch needs to get left, but, or needs to get somehow stolen for this plot to work. But the idea that the main character just kind of leaves it laying around, I don't think feels natural in the story because it's such a key element to the story. So I don't know if that's an issue with the actual plot writing itself, or it's just the way it's being presented here in the query, but maybe, maybe some, maybe it doesn't need to to even be discussed on, on how it's stolen at this point, because there's not context that we can be given in in a small space. Personally, I can't stand movies, stories, books that are driven forward, not by character, but by character stupidity. Oh, I lost something. Notoriously, I'm thinking of The Walking Dead, where it it was just like, oh, we're going to let this person live even though they're evil. And then two seasons later, they come back and kill everyone. Right. So I heard somewhere, it was like advice that you can use a coincidence to get your character into trouble, but you shouldn't use a coincidence to get them out of trouble. So this seems a little bit too coincidentally and like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm saying that incorrectly, but, but you see what I'm saying, right? Like, it just seems like too, 
oh, I made this really silly mistake here. And yes. so, which I get it, middle graders can make mistakes, but this one just seems a little bit too crucial for them to just let it being left around, lying around. So yeah. maybe maybe cut that line, maybe we're going on. Um, I think that I will note here, but Sylvia being stuck in the past forever is really high stakes, but I feel like that's the stakes for the whole story. It shouldn't feel like the stakes for like, just the beginning of this query so it, it feels a little uneven too so we'll go yeah on. thanks to a friendly talking crow the girls find out who took the watch and go to his house to get it back he escapes but not before destroying the watch and kicking his daughter out of the home his daughter tries his tries her best to make salvia a new watch who the hell is he I don't because he it makes me think of the kindly crow Oh, okay. So you think it was the kindly crow, the talking yeah, crow? Yeah, we don't say, we we don't define he. There is not a he defined. The only defined character that we are introduced to is the kindly crow, which okay. is why I was like, oh, I thought the crow was the bad guy because takes him back to his birdhouse, kicks out his daughter, and it's like my watch now, suckers. <laughs> Out. Um, I agree. Like, it's not clear, like, who these characters are. Maybe the author was trying to not introduce too many characters here in the query, which is, again, is, is usually a good idea. But I think that in this situation, because we're not quite sure what's happening, it's it's a little bit more confusing than it is helping us with the plot. After finding the evil wizard, so maybe he is the evil wizard. It could be. Uh, he uses a magical flower to put Salvia to sleep, create a magic storm, and force her friends onto a ship with a dangerous storm brewing to keep them from ruining his plans. But what are his plans? Yeah, none of that makes sense to me. And there's it, it feels convoluted. I mean, if I were an evil wizard, I wouldn't just fireball you. I wouldn't need to have a flower to make a storm, to force you onto the ship, into the storm. I mean, the, there's the big disconnect either in the story or in the way it's being pitched yeah i mean it's really hard to tell right like we haven't read the story all we can go with is from the page and so i agree like it's it's not quite clear what the story is i always like to go back to the fundamentals when when we see a query kind of like this it's kind of like all over the place obviously the author knows this story very well which is awesome obviously there's a lot of great stakes in this story which is great obviously there are like some strong female characters in here. I'm getting that and probably friendships because there are now three girls that are teaming up together to go against the evil wizard. Hi, I'm totally here for that, right? But we don't really know what the story is about. So remember, there's four parts of your story, right? We want to know who your main character is. What do they want? What are their goals? What is it that Salvia wants, right? What does she need here in this story? Uh, what are the obstacles? What stands in the way? So obviously her watch being now broken and her... And something about an evil wizard. I'm not exactly sure what, what the obstacles here are. But she has to somehow get back in time, right? Go back home, I assume, is what she's going to try to do. So that's part of that. But again, not clear. And then, again, what is that, you know, what happens if she fails? What are the stakes of the story? So if she doesn't meet those things, it sounds like she'll be stuck in the past forever. But what exactly does that mean to her, to her world, to all of that? So... There's a pieces of all of this here, but it's just not quite connecting all the way. And I'm thinking out loud now, she's half mermaid. So why would the storm bother her? If there are fairies and mermaids, I mean. Yeah, I'm not sure where, I'm not sure how that comes. She's half mermaid, half fairy. So I'm not sure how any of that comes into play in the story at all either. So I'm sure there's some sort of relevance to it. But again, in the 
the query here, it, it just really isn't clear. So author, whomever you are out there, we think that you have a very interesting story, but we're just not quite clear what the story is. So a really good tip or trick for you would be to bring this query letter after you go through my four questions, bring this query letter to someone who's never read the book. They don't even have to be a writer. They just have to be someone who knows nothing about your story and have them read this little pitch that you have there and see if they understand the book and if they can explain it back to you. And if they can't, then anyone who's reading it won't be able to either. But if they can, then you're on the right track. So that is your tip for me from me today. What do you think? Perfect. Now take us out. <laughs> All right. That's us for our Quelling Your Query Conundrums today with me, Ann Rose, and Lane Haymont with the Tobias Literary Agency. If you would like your query critiqued on our conundrums podcast, please go ahead and send it to the email below. And we would be happy to take a look. And of course, we will keep them anonymous as much as we can. And hopefully they will help you out. So thanks for joining us.